0: Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hey there, Primal Potential fans, Elizabeth Benton here. Today's topic that we are going to go through is our addiction to sugar. And so many of us have experienced times where we get all amped up to start a new plan, to get healthy, to stop eating the crap, but we feel so drawn to these sugary foods, the starches, and we end up overindulging, falling off track, and leaving our good intentions behind. And we think that we're weak. We think that it's a willpower issue. I think so many people who struggle with their weight feel like they're just not strong enough, just not disciplined enough. But I disagree. I think you're wrong. I think if you look at other areas of your life, you'll find that you are disciplined. You'll find that you do have willpower. So what is it about food? It must be more than willpower. It must be more than just the ability to grit your teeth and bear through it and white-knuckle willpower. It's gotta be more than that. And it is. The issue is that sugar and many grains are actually truly addictive. We have a sugar problem in this country. We are getting fat and sick because of our ridiculously high consumption of sugar. And I think one of the problems is that many of us don't recognize sugar in all of its forms. We think that if we don't add sugar to things or eat a lot of baked goods or sweets that we're maybe not overindulging in sugar, but sugar sneaks into just about everything you can think of. It's in beverages, it's in sauces, it's in soups and snacks and yogurts, you name it. Chances are, unless it is a whole food, it is rich in sugar, and even a lot of our whole foods are made up of carbohydrates and the building blocks of carbohydrates are sugar. So we have to be super careful and become aware of all the ways sugar can get into our diet because while the whole foods are generally okay, even for fat loss, when in combination with all these hidden sugars, it can become really overwhelming for our system. The average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar every single day, 22 teaspoons every single day. Imagine getting out your teaspoon and putting it in a bag of sugar and counting one, two, three, four, all the way up to 22 every single day. The average American is consuming 140 pounds of sugar every year, every single year. And here's the thing, Not only can sugar initiate disease progress in the body, right? And you can literally be the origin of disease. It can create hormonal imbalances. It can negatively impact our mood and our ability to focus. Not only does it make us fat, but it is truly addictive. And that has been proven in both animal and human studies. Sugar is addictive. And if we want to overcome our weight struggles and feel like, we can stick to a healthy eating program, we have to overcome our sugar addiction. And one thing I wanna point out about my own personal struggle with my weight, when I would think about embracing healthy habits, I would feel a little discouraged. I would feel like, but I don't wanna give up cupcakes and ice cream because I love them and I enjoy them and I wanna be able to find a way to enjoy them in moderation. What I didn't realize though, that it wasn't, it really wasn't truly a love of the taste of those things. It was an addiction. And when I broke that addiction, I realized that I don't really want those things. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some things that I still enjoy and indulge in, but a lot of the things that held me back from weight loss initially, I didn't really love. I just was addicted to that sugar rush. So if you're feeling like, oh, well, I really love this one particular thing and I just can't give it up. Just keep your mind open to the fact that that might not be true. Once you break that addiction and sever that unhealthy bond to sugar, you'll really discover what you truly do love and what maybe was just more of a psychological draw or an addiction. Sugar in any form, table sugar, fruit, oats, wheat, processed food, is the only food other than alcohol that has the ability to alter behavior. I'm going to say that one more time because it's really powerful. Sugar, in any form, whether it's table sugar, fruit, processed foods, wheat, oats, all those those are building blocks made up of sugar, that is the only category of food other than alcohol that has the ability to alter behavior. It can provide feelings of relief or euphoria. It can also leave you with symptoms of withdrawal, and that is because sugar is a drug, and I want to go through some of the research today that supports that. So let's break it down and get really kind of to the basics. There is a particular region of your brain that's referred to as the pleasure center, and it's called the nucleus accumbens. And in addition to being responsible for your pleasure sensations, it's also known as the origin of addiction. And human and animal studies have shown that addictive substances, when we consume them, they light up this pleasure center, the nucleus accumbens, the origin of addiction. Even when you think about certain drugs or certain foods, you can trigger a response from this pleasure center, the nucleus accumbens. And so by studying this area of the brain, scientists have proven that sugar is in fact quite addictive. So there was an interesting study done a few years ago and scientists created two milkshakes that tasted the same, had the same amount of calories, the same amount of fat, same amount of protein. The only difference was that one was low sugar and one was high sugar. So they took a group of people and they all received the low-sugar milkshake, okay? They all drank this low-sugar milkshake, and then the scientists measured the activity within the pleasure center of their brain, and they also measured their blood sugar, their insulin, and then how hungry they were after drinking the milkshake and how many cravings they had after drinking the milkshake. So they all went through that low-sugar milkshake and those measurements. Then several days later, same group of people they all drank the high-sugar milkshake, and the same variables were evaluated. So the activity within the nucleus accumbens, the pleasure center of the brain, as well as blood sugar, insulin, and subsequent hunger and cravings. The result? The high-sugar milkshake triggered extreme activity in the nucleus accumbens, that pleasure center of the brain, but the low-sugar milkshake did not, so it didn't um, trigger activity in that addictive origin part of the brain. The high-sugar milkshake, of course, increased blood sugar and insulin, as we would expect, and the low-sugar milkshake did not. And finally, with the high-sugar milkshake, after the participants drank it, they had notable hunger and cravings just hours after consuming it, but With the low-sugar milkshake, they did not have measurable hunger and cravings after consuming it. And this uh, study was summarized by a prominent doctor named Dr. Mark Heyman, and his conclusion was all foods that spike blood sugar are biologically addictive. So basically, that's your carbohydrates. And the more influence they have on your blood sugar the more potentially addictive they are. Now let's talk about what we think of typically when we think of addiction. Some people consider drug addiction to be something extreme. People who abuse drugs like heroin and cocaine are often looked at as slaves to their drug, weak individuals who are victims of the incredible pull of a very, very powerful substance. But you know, Drugs like heroin and cocaine, which we think of as kind of extreme examples, actually have a lot in common with things like sugar and wheat. I am not kidding. Hear me out. So cocaine and heroin are two examples of opiate drugs. Opiates block pain signals and can produce feelings of relief and euphoria when they bind to opiate receptors in our brain. You know what else binds to opiate receptors? Wheat. Yeah, wheat, like whole wheat. Here's how it works. When we consume wheat made up of building blocks, which are sugars, so wheat is a carbohydrate, and the building blocks of carbohydrates are sugars. So when we consume wheat, it enters the stomach during the digestive process. And in the stomach, it's exposed to an enzyme called pepsin and then hydrochloric acid, and this exposure to pepsin and hydrochloric acid breaks down the wheat into polypeptides. Well, these polypeptides are able to cross the blood-brain barrier, and once they're inside the brain, they bind to opiate receptors, the same receptors that heroin and cocaine and morphine bind to. And that's why when we have these things, these wheat or other lots of other carbohydrates, we get these sensations of pleasure, relief, or that high-type feeling when we're consuming these foods. And it gets even crazier. All right, let's go back to sort of the individual that's maybe abusing a drug like heroin. And let's say they go to the emergency room for an overdose. One of the first thing the doctors are going to try and do is eliminate the impact of the drug so that they can more easily treat the patient. And what they'll do is they'll inject the user of heroin with a drug called naloxone, And naloxone blocks the opiate receptors so the drug can't bind, and essentially it kills the person's high. Well, knowing that wheat metabolites also bind to opiate receptors, studies have been conducted where they treat humans with naloxone, this drug that's used to kill the high if somebody overdoses on heroin, to see how it impacts their desire to eat. So they did this study, and they took two groups of binge eaters. One group went into a room with lots of snack food. The other group goes into a different room, same snack food. One group was treated with naloxone. The other group was not. And the group treated with naloxone ate 30% less in just one hour than the group that didn't have the naloxone. So basically, when they were blocking these opiate receptors so you couldn't feel that euphoria and that, oh, this feels so good, I want more, they ate 30% less. Well, the impact of this drug was so significant that pharmaceutical companies are attempting to develop an oral administration of naloxone for binge eaters. However, because of the potential side effects of blocking your opiate receptors like depression, they'd have to have a drug cocktail to counterbalance the different side effects that you would feel. Well, how about we just avoid the drug cocktail and get to the root of the problem and cut out these potentially addictive substances from our diet? I mentioned uh, a doctor that's leading in this field and this research and has some pretty tremendous opinions on it, uh, Dr. Mark Heyman, and he has a lot to say on the subject of sugar consumption of obese- and obesity, and he has put together five signs that you might be addicted to sugar. And I'm not saying all these are true, but they're a great starting point for you to maybe think about your relationship to food and whether or not this might be something you need to pay attention to and start removing from your diet. So the five signs that you might be addicted to sugar according to Dr. Mark Heyman. Number one, you consume certain foods even if you aren't hungry because you have strong cravings. So if you have strong cravings and you're eating when you're not hungry, that's a potential sign. You worry about cutting down on certain foods, so you're sensing that there might be a problem and you need to cut back, that's another sign. Number three, you feel sluggish or fatigued from overeating. Number four, you have health or social problems affecting your work or school because of food issues, but you keep eating the way that you do despite these negative consequences. And number five, You need more and more of the foods that you're craving in order to experience pleasure or reduce negative emotions. So it's taking more and more to satisfy that urge and give you those feelings of relief or euphoria or calmness that you were having before. And honestly, guys, you know I can honestly say that I was addicted to sugar for a long time and I didn't know it. I had no idea. I felt this incredibly strong urge to eat sweet things and the more that I cut them out, the more I wanted them. And I feel like many of my diet attempts were sabotaged because of this strong pull towards sugary foods. And the more I thought about not being able to have them, the more I wanted them. And the withdrawal struggle the headaches, the irritability, they were so extreme that I just couldn't stay with my healthy eating plan. It gave me anxiety to think about restricting those foods. I thought, like I said earlier, I thought I loved them and I thought that I just needed that in my world. I thought they made me happy and I didn't want to have to give them up. And it wasn't until I broke my sugar addiction that I realized that these foods really weren't what I wanted, they didn't appeal to me the way that I thought they did, it was the addiction, it was the drug-like effect that they had on me. So what can you do to break the addiction? We've talked about the fact that sugar addiction is a problem, certainly to varying degrees with different people, depending on your diet, depending on how long this has been going on, but what can you do to break the addiction? The single best piece of advice I can give you is to start slowly. You do not need to dive in head first and go cold turkey. That might not be the best approach for you. I personally don't even recommend that approach. Sure, it works for some people, but what I have found is that for me, it's not sustainable. It causes anxiety and I like a more gradual approach. One approach that's worked for me and for many of my clients is to take it literally hour by hour. And commit that in that first hour of your day, you are not going to have sugar or processed foods just for the first hour of the day. Who cares what you do with the other 23 hours? But for the first hour of your day, that's what you're gonna do. And you focus on that and you own it and you claim it and you get really, really comfortable with it and you do not take on more until you're ready. So you commit to when you wake up, You can have fat, you can have protein, you can have vegetables, but for that first hour of the day, you're staying away from the sugar, the fruit, the processed foods, and you practice that until it feels effortless, and then you can add on. Another approach that works for a lot of people is the temporary jumpstart, and this is like programs like 21 Day Sugar Detox, where you do go cold turkey, but it's for a short period of time, and the point of that period is to detox and to cleanse them from your system, and emotionally it's a little bit easier because you do know it's for a short time, but I don't recommend that approach for people that have a lot of weight to lose, because Then what happens after three weeks? You don't really have a baseline. So I prefer the more gradual, uh, kind of intermediate approach. Many people will also identify one major source of sugar in their diet and start there. So it might be cutting out soda or reducing the amount of sweet tea, focusing on just one item and work on slowly cutting it down and then eliminating it from your diet and not moving on until you've mastered that and you feel really comfortable there. Your health, your body weight, your skin, your attention, your focus, your energy will all improve when you reduce your dependence on sugar to any degree. Sugar, regardless of your weight, should not be a major component of your diet in any form, but unfortunately for most Americans it is. And we haven't even talked about all the ways that sugar can impact attention and focus and memory and disease progression, but I really wanted to establish that for many people, the inability to stick with a healthy eating plan doesn't come from mental weakness or a lack of drive, but rather a powerful addiction to sugar. And overcoming addiction is a fantastic starting point for improving your health and reaching your weight loss goals. So realize that it is not you, it is not your degree of motivation or readiness to change, but you really need to identify that sugar is a powerfully addictive substance and start to gradually reduce your dependence on it so that you can finally figure out what foods you really do love and what makes you feel good and find your true potential. So thanks so much for joining me today. I hope this was helpful. All this information, as well as some links to some studies that I've mentioned, will be in the show notes. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you'd go over to iTunes and hit the subscribe button. Share it with a friend. And if you're really wonderful, leave us a review, especially if it's a five-star review. So until next time, have a healthy day. Bye-bye.